This is Hip Hop Raise Me the Blog.com, where we celebrate 48 years of the younger genre of music. I'm talking about hip hop, y'all. Where it's about the knowledge, the culture, and the lifestyle. My name is CEO Dream. Welcome to Hip Hop Raise Me. Oh, thank you. What up, Hip Hop Raise Me the Blog? What up, CEO Dream? What up, y'all? Keep doing y'all thing. It's Ray J, Raycon. Alright, that's time. the second snowstorm of the week from Thursday night into Friday. AccuWeather forecasters say accumulating snow will be disruptive across a large swath of the Northeast, including major cities from Washington, D.C., to Philadelphia, New York City, and Boston. Winter storm watches, warnings and advisories were issued across a large corridor of the United States from the south into the mid-Atlantic on Wednesday in advance of the snowstorm. Virginia Governor Ralph Northam also declared a state of emergency in anticipation of the wintry weather. More than 100,000 customers remained without power Thursday in Virginia, three days after a potent storm dropped more than a foot of snow in spots and led to nightmarish travel conditions. Arctic air surged across the Midwest on Wednesday night and will drill into the northeast into Thursday evening. A storm will form along the leading edge of the cold air as a dip in the jet stream provides enough fuel for a new system to develop. It will be a fairly fast-moving storm that will sweep eastward into the northeast Thursday night into Friday. This will be a disruptive storm, and since cold air will be preceding the storm, snow will accumulate on roads as soon as it starts, AccuWeather Chief On-Air Meteorologist Bernie Reno said. Air temperatures at the onset of the storm will generally range from the 20s F over the mountains to the lower 30s F along much of the I-95 corridor and temperatures may dip further at the height of the storm. Even though the storm will be moving along quickly, it will strengthen off the mid-Atlantic and New England coasts, according to AccuWeather senior meteorologist Joe Lundberg. It is likely to become the first bomb cyclone of the 2022 winter season in the Northeast, he added. A bomb cyclone is defined as a storm that central pressure plummets by 0.71 of an inch of mercury, 24 millibars, within 24 hours. That means the storm could whip up strong winds and pull in more moisture, helping it to fuel heavier snow rates as it chugs up the eastern seaboard. The heaviest snow is expected to spread across eastern Kentucky and West Virginia into parts of Maryland, northern Virginia, western North Carolina and far northeastern parts of Tennessee by Thursday night. The most significant accumulations are expected to remain north and west of Washington, D.C., with 1 to 3 inches predicted in the nation's capital. As the storm shifts across Virginia then up the eastern seaboard, Philadelphia and New York City are expected to pick up 3 or perhaps 6 inches of snow into Friday. The storm's rapid intensification will lead to heavier snow as the system makes the trek northward along the east coast. Boston, and Hartford, Connecticut, are in line to pick up 3 to 6 inches of snow from the storm. 
Even heavier snow accumulations of 6 to 12 inches will occur across eastern Maine, including in Bangor, and could be achieved in eastern Connecticut, Rhode Island and eastern Massachusetts, if the storm strengthens fast enough. Travel will be slippery and difficult along the I-95 corridor from Washington, D.C., through New York City and Boston with this storm during Thursday night. By the Friday morning rush hour, most of the snow will have already fallen from Washington, D.C., to Philadelphia, but roads will likely remain slippery through the midday hours. Around New York City, snow may continue to fall through the morning commute on Friday, and can cause slippery travel conditions. In Boston, much of Friday will be snowy and travel is likely to be slippery all day. Since the storm will depart early in the day over a sizable portion of the mid-Atlantic, some natural melting, combined with chemical treatment of the roads may allow for some improvement of travel conditions during Friday afternoon, but plunging temperatures will cause wet and slushy areas to freeze during the evening. Gusty winds, combined with low temperatures and dry, powdery snow from Philadelphia to Boston will lead to some blowing and thing of the snow in suburban and countryside locations during the latter part of the storm and into Friday night. A blizzard is likely to unfold from eastern Maine across the border into New Brunswick, Canada, where winds will frequently reach 40 miles per hour or higher, and snow and blowing snow will reduce the visibility to under one quarter of a mile at times. These intense conditions could occur in parts of eastern Massachusetts as well on Friday afternoon, depending on how quickly the storm undergoes bombogenesis. The track of the storm may prevent a general snowfall from reaching the eastern Great Lakes region, but the region will be hit with rounds of lake-effect snow into Friday. Some communities around Buffalo and Watertown, New York, may end up with 2 to 3 feet of snow by Saturday morning, where persistent bands of lake-effect set up. Within the most intense bands, blizzard conditions can occur. Even outside of the most persistent lake effect snow bands, shifting areas of lake effect snow and flurries unrelated to the coastal storm can deposit 1 to 3 inches of snow into the end of the week around the Great Lakes region in general, AccuWeather meteorologist Jake Soida said. Alexander Yusko thought he was living the good life with his wife, Marina Kokel, and their infant son. He gained moderate success in Ukraine as a rapper under the stage name Andy Cartwright. But when his wife caught him cheating on her with a fan, she allegedly turned his dream life turned into a murderous nightmare that ended with a death so mysterious that the Russian media nicknamed it the perfect murder. No blood was ever found at the crime scene where the 37-year-old dismembered her husband by chopping his body up with a hacksaw and feeding his remains to rats all while he was still alive. Marina Kokel openly admitted to carrying out those terrifying acts, while the couple was living together in their St. Petersburg home but she's disputing the murder charge. She claims that the 30-year-old actually died from a drug overdose and she did not want his fans to know he passed away in such a fashion. Nevertheless, the accused is also rumored to have had sex with Alexander Yusko's dead corpse, upon his passing. Despite forensic reports, a thorough probe by the local police, and an admission from Marina Kokel that she indeed mutilated her late husband, there is still no evidence that she actually killed him. The investigation remains ongoing and a new court case has been scheduled for later this month. For more on this bizarre story, click the link below. The Sun Shout out to Hip Hop Raising Me to Blow. That's what's up.
learn some hard love lessons in 2021? If so, you're not alone. Some of your favorite stars walked away from new, long-term as well as toxic relationships last year. Others learned a lot about themselves, their wants and needs and thoughts on love and marriage, and solitude. Those experiences have since informed the way they see the quest to find their special person and are going into this new year with a changed perspective, proclaiming great things for themselves. From Keisha Cole to Chile, the following celebrity women opened up about what their hopes are in their personal lives and how they will go about love in 2022, via social media, of course. Check out what they had to say. 01. Carweche Tran. After saying she was cutting men out of my diet next year on social media, people had plenty to say. But the Claws actress elaborated in a video. There's so much power in being alone, being content with being alone and not being dependent on a man for validation, or to feel good about myself or to feel fulfilled, she said. Also, men are a distraction. Sorry, I hate to say it. Next year I don't need any distractions. 02. Keisha Cole. For the songstress, she seemed to be in love in 2021, but she's going about things differently in 2022 by taking sex out of the equation to dodge frogs. I'm tackling celibacy this entire next year, she wrote on Twitter in December. 03. Tamar Braxton. There is power in the tongue. For singer Tamar Braxton, she proclaimed the following, may this be my last Christmas without the love of my life. 04. Chili. The TLC singer has started the new year by doing some reading, specifically prayers for my future husband. It had an impact on the way she sees marriage and her hopes for it moving forward. I've never been one excited for marriage, for many valid reasons, but when you take time to think deeply, God knew exactly what he was doing when he created marriage. So the only goals I want, is a loving and successful marriage in Christ Jesus with my future husband. 05. Lala. The beauty, who recently opened up about how complicated dating after divorce seems to be in this new social media age, shared in a New Year's message that she's been inspired by the love she's seen those around her obtain. She's open and ready to find the right man. She said to God, presumably, I saw what you did for Sierra, I mean I was around for that, smiley face, woman shrugging, heart, and what you did for Issa and Molly from Insecure So. Yeah you know the rest. 06. Justine Sky. After breaking up with crooner Giveon in 2021 and going through other things last year, Sky said, 2021 has been a damn roller coaster. But I'm glad I went through the things I did cause I'm well prepared for 2022. When asked by a fan one of the biggest lessons she learned, it had to do with love, that I really need to give myself the same love and attention that I was giving other people who didn't deserve it. 07. Tiffany Haddish Before the year ended, the comedian took to Twitter to seek advice as to how to find the right man for her. I want a man in my life I can share my success with, my joy, my body and all while I feel safe with him, and he feels the same with me. Does anyone know how to make that happen? When fans and followers told her love finds when you stop actively looking for it, she took note of that. Well then no more looking for love, just respect and amazing sex. We're not mad at that. and record books, Derek Henry has found a new way to show off his legendary football resume, an insane iced-out diamond chain. 
TMZ Sports has learned, the Tennessee Titans star Airbay wanted to turn all of his pigskin accomplishments, starting from high school, into some bling for his 28th birthday this week. So, he hit up celebrity jeweler Ali the Ice Champ in Dallas, and the dude delivered the amazing piece in time for Henry's cake day this week. The bling is awesome, it features a huge 6.5-inch wide pendant that represents Henry's days at Ely High School in Florida. The pendant also features a little VS1 diamond-infused Heisman trophy to immortalize the award that Henry won back in 2015. On the chain, Ali tied together logos of the Uli Hornets, Alabama Crimson Tide and Tennessee Titans, and then he added several beads to represent some of Henry's historical football moments. We're told some of those feature a diamond 12K bead for his 12,124 rushing yards in high school that set a national record as well as a diamond 2K bead for his 2,000 rushing yards in the Titans 2020 season. Greater than crown the king. Greater than. Greater than Derrick Henry has rushed for 2,000 yards in a season. Hashtag Titans. Greater than. Greater than television. Hashtag Halfson on CBS. Greater than mobile phone. NFL app slash slash Yahoo Sports app, https colon slash slash t dot co slash voge hjnptqpic.twitter.com slash exit 9kg6. Greater than. Greater than NFL, at NFL, January 4th, 2021. Ali, whose clients range from Ezekiel Elliott to Post Malone, tells us that Henry's one-of-a-kind necklace carries 100 carats of VS1 EF colored diamonds and has over half a kilo of gold. No word on what it all cost the king, but Henry's made over $30 million in his NFL career, so he certainly got the cash to spoil himself. Happy birthday, indeed. BuzzFeed News obtained the bill of sale and photographs of the album which was auctioned by U.S. Marshals last July. The redacted bill of sale for Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. The U.S. government claims that the price it got for the legendary sole copy of Wu-Tang Clan's Once Upon a Time in Shaolin is a trade secret that cannot be revealed, according to documents obtained by BuzzFeed News. The album was originally purchased for about $2 million by pharmaceutical executive and hedge fund manager Martin Shkreli in 2015 when he was convicted of securities fraud in 2018 in order to forfeit $7.36 million, U.S. Marshals seized the album along with other assets. Last July, the Justice Department announced it had found a buyer for the album but didn't identify the individual or the price. The New York Times reported that attorney Peter Schoolidge, representing the digital art collective Pleaser Dow, said the buyers paid the U.S. government $4 million. The documents say that the new buyers assume the same terms of Shkreli's purchase agreement. They may display the presentation box embedded with the Wu-Tang Clan logo, which was designed by British Moroccan artist Yahya Ruak, but they are prohibited from making copies of the album. A letter from attorney Peter Schoolidge explaining the rights transfer related to the sale of the album after it was seized from Martin Shkreli in 2018. According to a copy of the five-page purchase agreement, the album was sealed with tamper-proof evidence tape and delivered to the new owners in that state. The new documents which were obtained through a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit, include dozens of previously undisclosed photographs of Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. The album, conceived by the rap group as a work of art, is held in a nickel-silver box stored in a cedar wood box and covered in black cow leather with light beige velvet lining. 
It also includes a 175-page leather-bound lyric book and a gold leaf certificate of authenticity. The government redacted images of the two CDs, the titles of the 20 songs and the lyric book citing trade secrets. Wu-Tang Clan said the choice to produce only one copy of Once Upon a Time in Shaolin was a form of protest of the way music had been devalued in the digital era. Neither Schoolage nor representatives for Wu-Tang Clan responded to a request for comment from BuzzFeed News. On March 9, 2018, after Shkreli was ordered to forfeit the album, Schoolage sent a letter to the federal prosecutor on the case that any transfer of Once Upon a Time in Shaolin by Mr. Shkreli to any third party is restricted substantially by the terms of the September 3, 2015 purchase agreement through which Mr. Shkreli obtained the work. At the time, Schoolage represented Tarek Silverings as Uger, a co-producer of the album who owned a 50% share of the master recordings. The letter said Otsuerger was prepared to litigate to stop the forfeiture of Once Upon a Time in Shaolin because the transfer of the album to the US government violated the terms of the contract Shkreli entered into when he bought it. Otsuerger's name was redacted from the letter but a source familiar with it confirmed it was him. The United States and its agencies cannot take greater property rights from Mr. Shkreli than were granted by my client in the purchase agreement, said the letter. Otsuerger is prepared to file a petition under the forfeiture order to protect his rights in the work. Please advise if you are open to potentially working out an agreement with my client and Mr. Shkreli that protects my client's rights so that we can avoid the need to burden the federal judge that ordered the forfeiture. It appears Schoolage and federal prosecutors were working on an agreement for more than a year. On December 20, 2019, the Associate General Counsel in the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York sent Schoolage a letter indicating the government was gearing up to sell once upon a time in Shaolin and needed guidance on how to do that without violating the terms of Shkreli's original purchase agreement. RZA, the de facto leader of the rap group, told a New York radio station last year he regretted selling the album to Shkreli. But since the government sale to Pleaserdow, RZA said he believes the album is in better hands. The nickel silver box and inner jewel case that holds the two CDs of Once Upon a Time in Shaolin The jewel case containing the two CDs of Once Upon a Time in Shaolin a redacted image of the CD that 175-page leather-bound lyric book The lyric book also contains lithographs depicting original artwork and photographs of band members An inside view of the lyric book A certificate of authenticity leather folders containing the certificate of rights and indenture information To read the full documents go here Reformed Street icon, Freeway Rick Ross, is excited to enter the world of boxing as an advisor. Ross has signed five prize fighters to his company team Freeway Boxing. Undefeated prospects Nafir Charles, Vaishan Champion, Eric Kadar Giannis, and Alvin Varmal Jr., who is one loss, along with former contender Anthony Peterson, is the team Freeway Rick has started to develop. After getting a second chance at life, the former drug trafficker, now author of two books, believes he has the right mindset to help young fighters reach their greatest potential in the ring. Why get involved in boxing one might ask, I love the sport, and the respect and admiration I have for fighters is the reason why I like the boxing so much, and why I want to work with fighters, said Freeway Rick, who today is a national motivational speaker. It takes so much to be a fighter, and even more to be great. I believe my life experience and the wisdom I've gained will help these young men become great. When Freeway and I sat down in late October for three days of meetings, I realized all the things we shared in common, in life, and in business, 
and that is a very good foundation for a solid business relationship, stated, Rick Glazer, who will be advising Freeway with his business decisions. After those three days of meetings, we decided to work together in a collaboration to further Freeway's boxing interests. Freeway will not only be an advisor to the fighters, but he will also mentor them in the lessons of life, as he's an excellent communicator who is a nationally respected motivational speaker. I've been in this business for 31 years and I know Freeway will be successful in his boxing efforts, because of his general business acclaim, his love of boxing, and the respect and admiration he has for fighters, as Freeway really understands the risks that fighters take, and the rewards and awards they seek. In addition to working with blue chip prospects, Freeway has plans to help fighters looking for a second chance in their careers, fighters who might have had a bad situation derail their progress. My life mission now is to be the best person I can be every day by giving back to society, for the second chance society gave me, continued Freeway Rick, who was released from prison in 2009. Like everyone in boxing, working with world champs, top contenders, and blue chip prospects is everyone's game plan, and that's great, as that is my goal too, but I also want to help the fighter that may have lost a fight and his promoter or manager kicked him to the curb. I know that if a good fighter that is a quality person gets kicked to the curb after a loss, I should be their first phone call. Nafir No Fear Charles, 801, 7 KOs, is a 21-year-old right-handed lightweight that stands 5 apostrophe 9 and fights out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Freeway Rick Ross is a man who has turned his life around, and I couldn't be happier to have him guiding my career, stated Nafir Charles. We connected right away and I'm comfortable with the way everything is going. He's got a lot of knowledge and I look up to him as a mentor. Bay. Sean Champion, 2-0, 1 KOs, is a 6 apostrophe 1 welterweight who fights out of the southpaw stands and hails from Dayton, Ohio. The 23-year-old has great boxing skills to go along with his high ring IQ. Everyone knows the name Freeway Rick Ross and I know he's going to be great in boxing when it's all said and done, Bay Sean Champion said. The future is bright for me, and Freeway is a big part of that bright future. Eric Kadar Giannis, 3-0, 1 KOs, age 22, resides in Denver, Colorado, fights orthodox and stands 6 apostrophe 1 while campaigning in the middleweight division. I have a lot of respect for Freeway Rick, said Giannis. He's shown he's an elite businessman with a lot of knowledge. I'm happy that he's going to be guiding my career with a solid team behind him. Alvin Varmal Jr., 16-1-1, 13 KOs, the right-handed slugger stands 5 apostrophe 8 and fights in the light heavyweight division. At 29 years old, Varmal Jr. fights out of New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm a prime example of a fighter that was looking for a second chance, and Freeway Rick has given me that chance, said Alvin Varmal Jr. I know with a few more fights I'll be right back in the mix. Anthony Peterson, 38-1-1, 24 KOs, a former super lightweight contender who is coming off an impressive win in August of 2021, is looking to rejuvenate his career. His only loss was to Brandon Rios in 2010, a fight in which Peterson lost by DQ. I'm hungry to show the world that I'm worthy of a big fight, said Peterson. I'm very grateful to Freeway Rick for helping me get back in the game. He's given me great words of encouragement and I'm going to show him I still got a lot of fight left in me. Editor's note, Anthony Peterson is not under contract with Team Freeway Boxing, as he already has an existing managerial contract with Serafina. Society gave me a second chance and I thank society for that every day by doing little things that no one hears about," concluded Freeway.
I don't seek publicity for those things, I just want good results for people I help with those efforts, and that's what I plan to do with the fighters I sign. Almost a year after country singer Morgan Wallen was caught on tape using the N-word, his recent rap collaborator thinks other hip-hop acts should follow his lead. Chicago MC Lil Durk, who recently scored his first number one as a lead artist on Billboard's Hot R&B Slash Hip Hop Songs chart with a Wallen collab Broadway Girls, told TMZ that he Kendrick Lamar should take his example and record a song with the Wasted On You singer. That's my boy, a masked Dirk said when a TMZ cameraman caught up with him as the rapper chilled in an SUV. Noting that the unlikely pair had hit number one with girls, Dirk, who is black, was not phased when the reporter asked about Wallen's N-word controversy and whether he considers the country star a racist. Nah, he ain't no racist, that's my boy, Dirk said, noting that the pair had had a long talk behind closed doors and he had no qualms about collaborating with the singer who he insisted was not cancelled. He ain't cancelled, I talked to him. When I say you ain't cancelled, you ain't cancelled. When the reporter noted that Wallen has said he would like to work with Kendrick Lamar as well and asked Dirk, born Dirk Banks, what he thought of the idea, the rapper said, for sure. During a late 2021 appearance on a clubhouse talk show hosted by black comedian Drewski, Wallen tapped Moneybag Yo as his current favorite hip-hop artist and it would be pretty cool to team up with Lamar while citing the late Young Dolph, Drake, Gunna and Yee as other acts that were in his end-of-year top songs list on Spotify. The success of Girls came as Wallen's bookings and radio play began to tick up in late 2021, just 10 months after his N-word incident was caught on tape, a situation Wallen discussed in July on Good Morning America with host Michael Strahan. I was around some of my friends, and we we say dumb stuff together, Wallen told GMA. And it was, in our minds, it's playful, that sounds ignorant, but it, that's really where it came from, and it's wrong. The video resulted in Wallen's music getting pulled from radio and streaming, as well as his suspension from his label and pulled invites to a number of major award shows. Wallen's Dangerous, the double album was named 2021's Uren No. 1 on the Billboard 200 Albums chart. The set was released in January, debuted atop the weekly Billboard 200 chart dated January 23, and spent 10 weeks atop the list in 2021. Shout out Hip Hop Baby the blog, you heard? You already know. This is HipHopRaiseMeTheBlog.com, where we celebrate 48 years of the younger genre of music. I'm talking about hip hop, y'all. Where it's about the knowledge, the culture, and the lifestyle. My name is CEO Dream. Welcome to Hip Hop Raise Me.